Hello. Hey, everybody. What's up? This is David. Welcome back to the Be Brave podcast. You are listening today to episode 12. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. Episode 12. I'm looking at Delo's art right now. Yeah, episode 12 with Tim Noyes from the band Handsome Ghost. Tim was also in Aunt Martha. And um, I met him a couple years ago. He was playing with some of my friends. And Tim's a really nice guy. And he talks in this interview a lot about what it's like to sort of start again and have a second career as a musician and try to get that off the ground. Not unsimilar to the conversation we had with Ricky Lewis a couple weeks ago. So it's kind of interesting to hear some of the similarities and differences between the two of them and uh, their musical um, runs. And um, the Summer of Love continues. I played down in Philadelphia at my friend Kat and Austin's wedding a couple weeks ago with the guys from Francis Cohn, who were episode four. And last week, I officiated a wedding for the first time. My really good friends, Pete and Cass, it was up in Vermont on a mountain, and it was so much fun. Dilo was there with the lovely Jeannie, and uh, we had a really great time. Got to play some music. We played The Wait by the band, and D'Lo got up and belted out the third verse. Crazy Chester followed me, and it caught me in the fog. So that was great. Good to have D'Lo up on stage with us again with the whole crew. Lyle Brewer, Andy Doherty, Alex Barron, Pete Michelini, the uh, groom, he got up and played drums on one song. What else? D'Lo and I yesterday went to the Sinclair in Cambridge and watched the final Grateful Dead concert. Um, which was interesting. It was sold out, and after each song, everyone would applaud, and people were dancing, and uh, there was a girl, a real hippie girl, blowing bubbles, so it kind of felt like the real thing. And the dead are the best. I mean, I love what they stand for and have stood for over the years. How are they as players at this stage in their lives? Left a little to be desired, perhaps, at points. Some songs were great. They did, um, not Hell in a Bucket, Throwing Stones, and that was great. I love that about the dead. You never know like what song is going to just get the audience going live night to night. And I feel like in the first set, uh, well, they opened with China Cat Sunflower, which was awesome, into I Know You Rider. And then Throwing Stones off of In the Dark, Late 80s Dead, is what got the audience like really going in the first set. And then D'Lo left at around 11.30 in the middle of the second set. He left at a good time. He left just before the 30-minute like Mickey Hart, Bill Kreutzmann Space Jam, where at one point Mickey Hart just like has some guy come from off stage and place around his neck like this contraption that had like five foghorns on it. And it was like... And that was happening for like a good 45 seconds and then another foghorn like a quarter step higher than that so it was like a lot of discord it's like it was really creepy we also watched uh deal and i saw the brian wilson movie love and mercy and that was so good if you have any interest in the beach boys or brian wilson you should check out that movie what else what else um, I think that's it. Let's listen to episode 11 with the great Tim Noyes. This episode, as always, produced by myself. Christy Lorenzo did the graphic design work, and Nathan Hess is our... I always say Hess. It's Nathan Hass. I've only known him for 15 years, and I'm still calling him Hess. It's Nathan Hass. He is our web designer, and he's done a great job. The site is looking so cool now because we have like 10 or 11 um, podcasts up and running. So very exciting time. Anyways, check this out. This is episode 11 with Tim Noyes of Handsome Ghost.
Yes, it is. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Total nice, pleasure. Nice to have you in my living room once again. Yeah, good to be back. Thanks for having me. A lot's changed since the last time uh, we were here. You've been you've been on the road. the The band has really picked up some steam, and uh, it's been going well. It seems like. Yeah, yeah, we're off to a good start. I feel. Uh, yeah, I feel like things have changed for the better since the last time I was sitting in your living room. <laughs> yeah. Watching well, whatever it is what we're watching. I think we were watching, um, it was usually it's either PTI or, um, what's the, uh, or Stephen A. I'm a big Stephen yeah, A. Yeah, yeah, I like Stephen A. Love too. Stephen A. Big fan. We'll have to talk about that too. We'll, we'll get into some Boston sports talk at some <laughs> point as well. <laughs> but, um, I mean, first of all, I you know, there's been a lot that's been sort of talked about related to Handsome Ghost in terms of like, you know, people are like, oh, this is like this shift for Tim, like away from what he was doing with Aunt Martha and everything. But I thought it'd be cool to start looking at like when you started playing music and, you know, how you began in sort of the folk music world to be there and then move out of it. Like, so what were some of your early, I remember you saying you didn't really like play that much until college. What were your early sort of influences and like, how'd you get into music? Yeah. Uh, Right, I didn't play... I learned how to play guitar freshman year of college. I attempted to learn how to play guitar in high school, unsuccessfully. Um, it just hurt my fingers too bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm impressed. Yeah. But uh, I loved music so much as a kid. Um, it just wasn't... You know, I was into other sports and whatnot, so I didn't really have time to like sit down and learn. I mean, you know how much time it takes to actually yeah, yeah. learn an instrument. But when I got to college, I started to find myself with big chunks of free time and just sat down tried to learn some of my favorite songs like at that point it was a lot of Dave Matthews and Jack yeah. Johnson and Ben Harper that was that was my my love at the time um, and yeah it wasn't very good at, and it was hard to learn cover songs so it just became easier to try and write stuff on my own so I was like as soon as I started playing guitar I was writing um it just was like felt like the natural progression to me. And where did you go to school? I went to Hamilton College. Oh yeah, so you were at school with, with Grant and James. That's how I met Grant. I didn't right. know James, but yeah, he was a little older. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, so before that, you were listening to music, like you were into that sort of thing, like that sort of you know Jack Johnson and yep, Dave uh, Matthews, right? That world, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah, I, I you know I dabbled in a little bit of everything, hip hop phase, but yeah, I didn't have any dreams of playing at that point it was just a big fan and then once you started playing was it immediately like yes like this is what yeah i, I want to do i loved it so much i like my entire freshman year was spent with a guitar in my hand um it just like took over my life yeah. in a good way yeah maybe and had you written before like were you like writing stories as a kid or like interested in that aspect of it or did it just start coming out once you started like playing guitar uh, i did like uh I was big into creative writing at, uh, in high school, and I liked writing poetry. Um, but the songwriting uh, was definitely felt right. Mm -hmm. um, I haven't written any <clears throat> poetry or anything, any stories since I started writing songs. That's just kind of been the uh, the perfect outlet for me. What were those early? Attempts like are there still songs there that found their way onto like an Aunt Martha record or a Handsome Ghost record? You know, it took about four years to write a song that uh, made the cut. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, 
But you were like the go, guy, right? For... Like in the dorm room, right? Like playing and I was playing to myself. I think I played at Hamilton once or twice. Yeah, um, and I remember just being terrified to uh, show anyone my work. Um, but yeah, those first songs are really, really, really bad. But you don't know. I mean, yeah, you have yeah, to you do have it. No idea. Yeah, it's just how it goes. Yeah, that's <laughs> when we were talking to Marco earlier today. He's just like, yeah. Unfortunately, you have to start at the beginning. Yeah, he's like. Nobody wants to, but you have to. It's just like anything else, right? Yeah. I mean, you're not going to, like, pick up a baseball and throw it 95 miles yeah. per hour. Unless you're, like, a complete phenom. Pedro. Yeah, Pedro. Yeah, yeah. Um, what were those songs about? Like, college relationships and that sort of thing? Yeah, I guess for the most part. I can't honestly... I'm sure I have them somewhere. Um, I can't remember them particularly well, but yeah, probably a lot of a lot of love songs. Um, yeah. And they're still they're important. They got to be yeah. got me to the next step, but yeah, they were not very good. I remember my roommates being like, also like just even singing. Like when you start singing, you're not a good singer, right? So I remember my roommates being like, you probably shouldn't play in front of anyone. <laughs> Give it a little more time. Yeah, you just got to fight through that. You know? And did you sing also? Like, were you singing in high school or anything like no, that? No, of course. No. Yeah, so it was all new. All new. Yeah, yeah. Um, when you sort of moved. Or when was there, like, what was the period where you were like, I'm actually going to pursue this? Or was, like, there's something that you'd written where you're starting to get, like, feedback from friends or something? They're like, oh, do that one. That one's really good. Or something like that. Uh, you know, it was right after college when I moved to New York um, to teach. I was doing, I decided to do a few open mics. And that's where I started getting some really good feedback from fellow musicians. Um, and... Yeah, over the course of that first new year in New York, I think I realized that I was pretty good, or I was kind of at least like relative to the other people at the open mic. Uh, maybe maybe a more promising songwriter mm-hmm. without taking anything away from what they were doing. Yeah, that's not what. I'm but people like. saw something. In yeah, I just yeah. felt like I was getting a lot of positive feedback and a lot of attention um, that I definitely did not get in school and it was like oh I'm going to do this for real or I'm going to try at least and what were you what did you study in school what were you teaching when you got to New York I was a philosophy major in school and I was teaching English as a second language huh yeah kind of a funny shift so at that point like before you had really started playing music was that your thought that you'd be a be a teacher or do something in the education world that was plan A um, but secretly I was really hoping that I could be a musician yeah uh, although I wouldn't have admitted that uh, at the time, I still was holding out hope. And even at that point, I mean, out of college, you said, like, you're doing open mics and stuff, but you hadn't really... It wasn't like... Like, like you came to it through songwriting, not like, oh, I was in this band and sort of, like, have been playing shows through college or that sort of thing. It was, like, you know, relative to other people, maybe, later in the game in right. terms of that sort of thing. Definitely. Yeah, I had... The thought of being in a band um, was not even... Had not crossed my mind even after school right which is pretty late I mean I feel like most people get going um, you know as a kid or take guitar lessons or whatever um, so yeah I mean it it can be a it's a bummer that I didn't start a little earlier because I feel like I had to catch up but at the same time you know maybe if I had tried when I was 14 or 15 I would have quit right you know? yeah and it's also such a like young it's like people that are it's kind of like sports in sort of popular music where it's like if you're 30, you're old to be yeah. doing it, even though you're like, oh, I'm just like learning right, what I'm right, doing right, now, right. you know? 
it's definitely not like totally. Yeah, it's a uh, right. It's it's a lot like sports in that. Like you've got your window. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, I would. It, you know, it differs, of course, like artist to artist, but definitely. Um, after you kind of reached that point where you're getting some feedback from peers and stuff, um, how did that kind of did that sort of go into the Aunt Martha? Yeah, putting that project together. Yeah, that was. Um, Luke! Oh, thank! Oh, this is, this is good. Going, man. We're doing one of our podcasts. Oh, great. Carry on. Cool. <laughs> um, yeah. How you doing? Hey, what's up? Oh, recording? Yeah, but we can uh, oh, okay. spice it's it all together. Oh, God. I was like, we ruined it. This is Tim. You guys Hi. met? How are you doing? Hey, what are you guys doing? Um, we've been Hi, Tim, I'm Luke. Friday, no, so we had the day off. Oh, I thought I heard you running around. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. sweet. I heard you earlier this day. morning. Yeah. It's awesome. So you're just been, like running errands, just yeah. like hanging out. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. So um, day off. Are you going back to Southie later? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I'm actually going to go back now. We uh, started to go back, but the traffic is so bad right now. Really? That I was like, I'll just like take the tea back. Why we is it like, so bad? I think it's because it's like a long weekend, long weekend. with like, a holiday and everything. Oh. That so. people are just everybody has the same idea. Like the traffic on Stero was terrible, and the mass pike was the same thing. Yeah. So. Pike last night at eleven when I was coming back from yeah. Swampscott from Passover was yeah. like an hour. It was just one. It was just terrible. Yeah, I feel like yeah. oh yeah, that's right. It's Passover yeah. and Easter, yeah, so it's yeah. like a double winning holiday. Is Luke going over there? Uh, I don't know. I think so. I'm yeah, good. I think I'm. So I'm gonna leave momentarily, and I think he's gonna run some errands and then go over later. Oh cool. Are you coming over? Yeah. yeah. Cool. I figured. Yeah. I'll be there. Yeah. Whenever. Later on. Yeah. Cool. Later. I think yeah. We'll make some dinner or something. Yeah, some dins or something. Yeah. 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 So you guys are in yeah the yeah cool. Tim's been on tour for six weeks. Oh wow! He's Very back. exciting. All right. Yeah. All right. Well, definitely, I'll have to listen to I listened to yeah. the first one with D'Lo. Oh nice. And it was good. Right? Yeah yeah. Oh it. thanks. So. He was kind of the test. Yeah. He's the guinea pig. Guinea pig. Kind of just threw, yeah. him, threw him to the fire. Yeah threw him to the fire. So I think he, he did. All right. <laughs> we were just up and he and I were in Woburn earlier interviewing yeah. this guy uh, who's like touring and his uh, his PR guy was like yeah like if you want to do it like. And go meet him at the Red Roof Inn. Is this cool? No, you're fine. This is a studio. We can go downstairs. This is a studio. I think Amanda was sleeping, I think, so I didn't want to. Oh, All right. All right Anyways. Um, so you're at the point where, um, like, how did that kind of segue into Handsome Ghost and, like, the, the project that that became? Um. Oh, in, the, in New York? Yeah. Um, that was, so that, after the open mic stuff, uh, I met the Aunt Martha guys, mm-hmm. um, just friends of mine, and uh, we, again, didn't take it particularly seriously. It was just more of like a fun thing to do on the weekend. Yeah. Uh, and then as that became, um, you know, a more serious endeavor... That's kind of eventually, in a roundabout way, what led to uh, Handsome Ghost over time. Yeah. You know. In what way did that kind of lead into the next project? Martha? Um, well, I mean, that like that band definitely taught me quite a bit about uh, the music business. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was definitely something that I had nothing... I knew absolutely nothing about. Um, so I feel like for, on the one hand, now doing Handsome Ghost, to have all that experience, and I feel like that can help guide me. And then musically, 
it's definitely a shift, but there are, you know, a lot of similarities between those two bands at the core mm-hmm. of the songs. In terms of it being like, you know, the the vehicle that kind of runs through it is like your songwriting. And yeah, it's still, <clears throat> they're still folk songs in a way. Yeah. Um, I still write them on acoustic guitar and, uh, you know, I still play acoustic guitar and we, we work in as many acoustic, tr- you know, traditional instruments as we can. Um, and then just the production on top of that is what's shifted yeah. in the biggest way. I mean, you seem to have a pretty good grasp of like, or now anyways, a pretty good grasp of like the music business or as, as well as anyone can, you know, trying to like figure out how you want to put your songs out and kind of in what avenues you can be most successful or reach the audience that you're trying to reach. When you were starting with Aunt Martha, you know, because eventually, like, you guys played Bonnaroo. Like, yeah. when I saw you guys a couple years after that, I think, at the Middle East, like, it was packed. And yeah. it definitely seemed like at that point you were firing on all, on all cylinders. How did you kind of learn? Like, what what led to Aunt Martha going from being, like, this thing that you do on the weekends with your friends to playing Bonnaroo? You mm-hmm. know, what were some of those, like, those steps? Um, I think with Aunt Martha, there was a little luck there. Um and it it did take a lot of time. You know, we started playing on Saturday nights to like ten people and then just over the course of a year, you know, you play to ten people and fifteen, then twenty, and then once you start like, you know, playing to a couple hundred people, it can catch somebody's ear. Um and uh I just think over the course of that time we met a couple of important people who helped kinda of get Aunt Martha going. One, one being our manager, and then um, we, uh, it's cool, it's cool. You guys, you guys, no, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> it's right. your place. Good luck. I can't wait to listen to you. Very nice to meet you. Such a pleasure. Right. Yeah, yeah, you meet you. Right. All right, sounds good. Yeah, all right, later. I like your haircut, by the way. I didn't get it. Everyone's yeah. keeps saying that. Oh, yeah. I just shaved. Oh, okay, maybe that's what it is. But everyone's been saying oh, that, what? so thanks. Either way, a lot yeah. of hair was lost. Yeah, <laughs> it's a hair was lost. Oh, thank you. All right, we'll see you guys later. All right, sounds good. So, so one was meeting your meeting your manager through that. So we met we met a couple of people over the course of those New York years that ended up helping us. Uh, The manager was a big pickup, and he just came to to an open mic. Wow, oddly, Um, but he put us in touch with a few people who really liked the music. and we just it just happened slowly, you know, like we we just kept playing and playing and playing and then um you know, eventually enough people hear it and if enough people believe in it, then you kind of work a little team around you. Um I don't know, the music business is tough, you know. I try not to think too much about yeah, that. Yeah. It's really fascinating and it's important if you're trying to do it for a living, of yeah. course. But um just getting into music with Aunt Martha and having no clue whatsoever what we were doing. I think it hurt the band, but it's helping me now. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's interesting, too. Like, I always feel like, to to some degree, if, if you want to, like, keep doing it, you have to be focusing on that that side of it. But you can't think about it to the detriment of the art or to, to, like, the point where you're thinking about it so much and trying to, like, you're kind of doing a disservice to, like, what you started off. Absolutely. Yeah, you got to separate you know? those two things. Yeah. At least... To me, I mean, I yeah, imagine yeah, you sure. feel the same way. Yeah, yeah. You can't, like, sit in your bedroom and write a song with anything on your mind other than that song. Yeah. But once you finish, you know, I'm not trying to 
act like, uh, you know, whatever, I've figured things out yeah. or anything. But, you know, yeah, you, you got to, like, make decisions that are going to be, that are going to help support, you know, your ability to continue making music. Right. So at what point makes sense. were you, at some point or not, Martha, were you no longer working that second job? Like, did that become your your full-time thing? Yeah, we uh, we all quit our jobs and decided to give Aunt Martha the full 100% shot, if you will. Um, and we did that for two, three years, something like that. It was great. Uh, we toured all the time. Um we had a blast. Those were my best friends. Yeah. Um, and that was amazing. It was really cool to not have to try and balance a job yeah. and music. Um, but I think we got to the point where we just couldn't do it. You know, by the very end, it was like, all right, do we keep rolling the rock up the hill or do we right. kind of regroup? And it's also tough when you've got three, four, five guys who are, I mean, all of our lives are intertwined and everyone right. has their own hopes and goals and yeah just kind of a natural it kind of came to its natural end and a lot of those guys were your friends from growing up yeah Brian Kim who played uh, violin and bass uh, was a high school friend of mine and then I met the other guys kind of in my circle of friends and then like a year on the road you just become so close yeah. it's like alright now we're all best friends so was that hard when that was kind of coming to its natural end to sort of separate those strings that have become so like intertwined oh yeah it was terrible yeah. it was the worst um, yeah that's definitely like that was really really tough um, but you know it is what it is and as the Life. band leader do you feel I mean you kind of feel some responsibility to the you know absolutely it's your uh, thing, you know. Yeah, I mean, I, I imagine anyone who has been in a band for several years and spent time traveling together. Um, yeah, you just your lives just become so connected, and as the songwriter, you know, you do feel a little extra pressure. Um, and I definitely, you know, it's a shame. I shouldn't say it's a shame. I mean, it bands. It happens. You know, yeah, yeah, like yeah. the swings in music are just so intense. And, you know, one day you're on top of the world and then the next day you're at the bottom. Um, so I don't, I feel bad because those guys are, you know, it continue to be very important to me. Um, but it is what it is. Yeah. You know, music is tough. I remember when, like, uh, I mean, we were much younger and did not have any sort of backing so like it it made even more sense now that I look back on it but like when we graduated from college we're like we're going on tour like yeah. we're touring the US and we booked like 30 shows but we were you know doing it ourselves but like um, we like put out a record it was like the first one that we all feel like this is you know the has some appeal it's kind of a coherent thing and then Lyle's like you guys I can't do it really <laughs> yeah he was like oh, really? that was his first tour I think with Sarah Sarah okay. Borges, and he's just like, I love you guys, you're my brothers, but he's like, like, I'm doing, like, I know you're doing it, like, I'm not saying you're not doing it for a living, but like, I right. have nothing, like, nothing else, you know, right. like, I need to do this, and we were, we did it anyways as a trio. This but, is Grimace. Yeah, 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 we did it as a trio, but it was just kind of like, not, it was still really fun, I mean, yeah. it was a blast, but, you know, you definitely feel like the loss of that momentum, and then I think years later, you're like, 
Yeah, that made sense. You know, like totally. you always sort of think that the project that you're so invested in is like the last thing you're going to do, or like the thing that's going to like take you over the top or whatever. And then you realize, like, well, you know, I could do this, I could do that. Like, Absolutely. there's a lot of different places to go. You get that perspective over time for sure, and it is so tough when you're like, yeah, right in the at the thick time we're like, it. fuck you, yeah, Lyle. exactly, exactly. <laughs> Totally, and you want to, like, you're excited about your music, you want to go on tour, I mean, yeah. there's nothing more fun than going yeah, on yeah. tour. Um, yeah, that's the thing, too, when it's, like, you're really good friends. That was the other thing, I was like, dude, I just want you to come with us. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's going to be the greatest. Right, going to different cities, <laughs> yeah. getting into trouble, it's, it's a blast. Yeah. Uh, so how long was it, sort of, um, of regrouping between the time that Aunt Martha kind of came to an end and Handsome Ghost started to be your main project? Because, like, some of those songs you'd written during the Aunt yeah, Martha yeah. era. If you will, sure. Yeah, I think um, like towards the very end of Aunt Martha, where it was still we were still a band, but it was we were very much in flux. And, and this um, is like 2011, 2012. Yeah, probably like 2012. And, and you guys had done it for like five or six years at that point. Um, I think it had been three years. Aunt Martha had been a thing for three years, and like a professional thing for two years. Mm-hmm. Um, so it had been a while. I mean, I know that doesn't like sound like that long. That but when it's all you're yeah, doing, right. When yeah. it's all you're doing yeah. and you're just like scratching and clawing and trying to like get to that next level, yeah. it felt like a long time. So I remember there was a summer where I guess it would have been the summer of 2012 where we were. St- it was still a thing, but we were kind of like on our way towards the end. Um, and I was living. I had a sublet in. Greenpoint in Brooklyn for the summer and I was writing these songs that were not for anything they were just like I'm just gonna write um, and I started to like dabble in the electronic production and stuff that would be off limits with Aunt Martha being a folk band and it wasn't I didn't call it Handsome Ghost or anything but because I had that downtime I think we played like two shows that entire summer mm-hmm. so. um, and then I remember being really psyched about them and I sent them because I had spent time at Aunt Martha and made these friends and connections and I remember sending out a couple of those demos and uh, they were like this is really good like why don't we try this Uh, and that's when Handsome Ghost kind of became a thing and it's been a slow build for for that band too for this band Um, like I think Technically, Handsome Ghost is like a year old or something mm-hmm. like that, but it's definitely more than right. that. Yeah. All the like writing and whatever else went into it leading up. It's funny because everything that just kind of like pops up like that, it's like, oh, you like here they are, like Spotify and all that. You're like, yeah, but this was like yeah. kind of seven years in the right. making, or you know, however long you've been writing songs. Yeah. You know, it's never that that quick and that like oh there they right. are yeah. and that's pretty much like any like whatever actor right any kind of art it's like oh man they just showed up just appear on the scene yeah. No, they did yeah, yeah 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 so um you guys have done the tour done this tour you put out an EP the EP seemed to get that got a lot of sort of what was that Spotify got a lot of kind of buzz right I mean yeah. what else what yeah. else has sort of helped like what were some things that you did that like a young musician could be like, well, that is something that I could do, you know, or like that seems like a, a good way to go about putting out a single or, you know, whatever yeah. it is. What were some of those like steps along the way? Um, that's a really good question. I'm at a loss for words. <laughs> I mean, I think like beyond like Spotify 
has been so helpful to Handsome Ghost. There's no doubt about it. Um, there's some people at Spotify who, who are big fans of the band, um, which is amazing. Yeah. Like, that's such a huge support to have. I'm really grateful for that. Um, but that's not something you can just do. Right. Like, I can't... I wouldn't say that would be advice. Like, right. Get Spotify to like your Yeah, show. yeah. But I do think uh, what I learned from Martha... Do not go on tour immediately. Like mm-hmm. I think my focus in that band was tour, 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 tour. And Handsome Ghost, this is our first tour. We just finished yeah. our very first tour. Um, and it was the biggest tour we've ever been a part of. Because rather than killing ourselves you know, on the road, I took the time to write you know, the best possible songs that I could. We reworked songs. Like I feel like the product... The songs that we led with, our introduction, I feel like, was strong and uh, well put together, and I think that was really helpful in, you know, getting a little, getting a little notice and having people just immediately kind of react to the songs. Um, yeah, I guess that's I've kind of learned to be a little more patient. Right. I think that's it. Sucks to hear that, and I hate when people tell me that. Yeah. But that's the truth. And it's funny, too, because it's like now there's so many good ways to... I mean, and people can argue that, like, it's... The the environment is, like, really overexposed. But, like, there's a lot of ways you can get your music out online today. And, like, I remember, like, loving The Slip and seeing them every time they come through town. And, like, it was, like, our little thing, like a small community's thing. And they were road warriors for 10 years. And then there's songs on Grey's Anatomy. And there's, like... A hundred thousand new views on on MySpace at the time or whatever it was. So I guess, you know, there are a lot of different things you could do besides just touring. I mean, do you feel like now, I guess now it's kind of in an ideal place where when you guys are out on the road opening for these two other bands, are people responding to some of these songs as things they've already heard online or on Spotify? Yeah. Yeah. It's been cool. I mean... That tour was amazing, but it was almost all sold out before we got on the bill. Right. So it was a that was great for you know we're gonna play it to new fans, new people, yeah. But we didn't. No one could like buy a ticket to come see us. Right. But there were definitely people who were like, oh, I recognize that song from Spotify. Yeah. Uh, or you know, even people who just listened to the EP before they came to the show. Um, but it wasn't. It was tough to gauge like what kind of you know what kind of response we're gonna have just because yeah. people had already bought their tickets to see Mr. Wise and Borns but right. um, yeah I mean and I don't like I hate to to be like Uncle Noise and like pretend like I have any answers right. whatsoever yeah, yeah. like if some kid was like teach me about music the music business I cannot do that by any means and I don't pretend to know but I do think there are like little things that you can learn from and and also, like, every band is different, and every band is going to get to that point in a different way. Right. Um, just having been in two, now two bands that are kind of, like, you know, trying to <clears throat> claw away at the uh, at the dream. Uh, yeah, I think I feel like I've learned a good amount. Do people process. recognize the connection to Aunt Martha? I've had a couple of kids come up after shows, could we play... Uh, Bloodshot, which was an mm-hmm. Martha song, is now on the EP, and we'll play that live. And I've had a couple people come up and say, "Oh, I love that Aunt Martha cover." 
Oh, cool. cool. <laughs> it's like, that's not a cover. It's awesome. Um, You're like, it's me. Yeah, right. But yeah, here and there, I mean, like, there, uh, most, it seems like most people who were into Aunt Martha are kind of hesitant to make the jump over to Handsome Ghost because mm-hmm. it's just a little scary. The electronic stuff. Yeah. Like, scares those Especially people that are lovers. like, yeah, true yeah. lovers um, of traditional right. sort of folk music. And I think a lot of people love the band. And now it's like not the band. It's, right. a, it's just the singer and the songwriter. So I understand. But uh, yeah, there's been a few little nice moments over the course of the six weeks where you're like, thank you, man. I'm glad you know that out, Marcus. Yeah, song. that's yeah. cool. <laughs> it's funny, too. I always feel like people who like kind of make a dramatic shift in what they're doing musically, they're not necessarily like I remember talking to the Bar Brothers um, like a couple years ago and being like, so where did this audience come from? Is it like the jam band world, former slip fans and all that? And they're like, uh, you know, I don't really know. But, yeah. but like, I feel like most musicians are okay with that because you're like, this is kind of a new thing. You always kind of have to like, not kill off, but just like let that old thing live where it does. And like, yeah. it can't be like, this is Handsome Ghost featuring, I mean, you can mention it, but right. it's not just like, you know, it's it's a new thing. It's its right. own sort of thing. I think that's spot on, honestly. Like, that was great. Um, and because like we've known each other and you know Aunt Martha, like I'm happy to chat about right. it. Um, but like on this tour doing different like little press things, no one brings right. up Aunt Martha. Right. Like they know I played in a folk band and they're curious about how that shift happened. Right. But it's pretty common for people to play in bands over time. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like whatever. Justin Vernon was in like thirty bands or whatever, yeah. you know. Actually I think he was in three. And it's cool too <laughs> once something like you know, as Handsome Ghost grows where it's like, Did you know like have you heard his like first thing? Yeah. You know, it's always interesting to hear that That's the sort whole, of yeah. that trajectory right but well I like that that's like that's how I picture it like that was great let it live where it is right and now I'm doing this right you know? yeah um I remember last time we spoke um you were you were still living in Somerville and you were kind of you know figuring out I think you were thinking about you were doing the record in Vermont yeah and then thinking about going to LA I think and doing some work there and stuff um but you were still kind of like as we all are, I guess, grappling with, like, your creative impulses versus, like, the realities of, of life, you know? Sure. And you're like, well, yeah, like, I had the success in the band, but, like, when I'm not doing that right now, I have to work and all yeah. that. Do you still feel like, I mean, with this band, do you feel like it's growing to the point, like, where you walk around and you're like, that this is what I do right now? Or is it still, do you feel like the same, like, I'm still a regular guy? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, this is the first time, these, this is the first shift that Handsome Ghost has become a full-time job, right. essentially. Like, uh, you know, I, I was working, like, up through whatever December. You yeah. Know? Um, so it feels really good. And if, you know, right now, if someone to say, what do you do? I'd say, I'm a musician. But I know it's very, it, it can be very temporary. So right now I'm trying to enjoy it, put as much time into every day into music, because I know... At the drop of a hat, right. I can be right <laughs> yeah, back yeah. to normal life, you know, which is fine too, you know. Um, but yeah, very much feel like a regular guy. <laughs> yeah. What um, what is next? So you guys are you're finishing up some new songs, and then you think they'll be well. You're wrapping up this tour, and then what what comes next? Yeah, we got a few more shows on this tour, which is great. I'm really excited. Um, Have you played music hall before, the Williamsburg? 
Um, I have played Music Hall one time with Modest Yahoo. Whoa, no way. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Opening for them? Opening, yeah. Oh, it's awesome. I know, it's one of the Hanukkah shows, too. Sweet. Huge dreidels. Yeah, it's yeah. Cool. Nice. So I love that room. That's going to be really cool. Um, yeah, that's great. But yeah, we're going to play it, finish up the tour, um, take a couple of weeks, much needed weeks of rest. Um, and then I got some more writing to do, which I'm really psyched about. We're going to pl- try to put some shows together for the summer and um, yeah finish up the record we get we've got uh, we got the EP and I imagine some of those songs will be on the record but we gotta keep keep working and yeah do some more recording out in LA and take it from there and then on this tour it's been you and Eddie who's kind of like he's like your boy he's yeah. he's been yeah. in many incarnations of your music what is that you know relationship like with you and him yeah, he played a lot more the, towards the very end. He played bass, which is funny. But uh, he's such a good kid. I mean, he's so talented and um, just a hard worker. We've kept in touch. He lives at Somerville. How did you meet him? Um, at, when did you first meet him? He was a friend of one of the guys in the band um, from way back. And uh, he... Yeah, we had like a tryout for bass players. Nice. And he was... Probably not the best bass player, honestly, but he was like the by far the best guy. Yeah, um, and he's a totally like solid bass player. Yeah, um, but that's not his first instrument. But anyway, he played guitar in the very like we played guitar like you and I did, like in the yeah. uh, at that studio apartment. And I w- I was hoping to find a role for him just because I like him so much. But like electric guitar is not a <clears throat> huge part of Handsome Ghost. Right. So we ended up learning. The kid taught himself keyboard, like really, like kind of complicated key, like synth parts in like a month. Nice. So he's got this big rig. He's got like the Nord. He's got his like laptop set up with some MIDI keys. He's just like playing three instruments at once. It's and you're singing and you have a, uh, what do you have? I'm singing. I've kind of dialed back the effects since we played yeah. with you guys. So it's a, it's a lot more natural sounding. Mm-hmm. Um, but that can help kind of fill things out. And then he sings some too. It, it, the duo set's pretty good. Like it's, uh, the uh, response has been really solid. And it's made me feel a little less pressure to put together like a five piece or yeah, a four yeah. piece. I think we're going to kind of use the duo... Use the duo set as our... Uh, Incubator. Yeah, it's like we're very comfortable together now. Um, we've just played, whatever, 30 shows, so we, we're pretty tight. Um, and we'll kind of find the, the right guys around that bass. Um, drums is next, but... Uh, yeah, he's he's been really good. That's a roundabout way of saying he's <laughs> fantastic. That's one of the things that I always, like... I don't know on the rare occasions where someone wants to know something about like the music industry I'm like just like people are so used to musicians being I mean not in general in general terms but like there are specific instances which will stick out in people's minds in which musicians are flaky and or dicks so I'm like just don't like if you are not a dick that will take you so much further than like being amazing at the bass (laughs) you know absolutely I mean because you have to want to like hang out with that person every day you know that goes like for I feel like that resonates throughout every little aspect of music. But even being on the road with these this uh, with Mister Wives, who are great, um, 
and we've gotten to be pretty close with them. I was having a conversation with a guitar player, Mark. He was just like, man, like just be nice to everyone. Yeah. Be like, if you're going to be a dick, people remember that at every single music video. Oh, yeah. Just be respectful. Yeah. You know, that's how you. That's how you get ahead. You yeah. Know? Which I agree with. Yeah, I do too. I think there's a lot of instances of people who are like. I mean, whenever I, you know, run into sound guys, I'm like, so who, who's like, who's your favorite person to work with here? Like, who sucked? Yeah. You know, it's just yeah. like, people talk about that sort of thing. And like, I always feel like you're in that environment where like, this is what you love doing. So why not just like embrace? Yeah. Be nice. What's happening. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. Totally. Um, and then finally, um, I guess in terms of like, where you see the project going. I mean, it's probably hard to envision when you're in the middle of it, but do you think of it as like, this is now the venue for everything you're writing or could there be like a Tim noise, like solo project at some point or, or a different incarnation of, of your music? Um, I would say at this point, I see this as like, as the primary output, but you never know. Um, for now, I'm really, really excited about it, and I feel like, like even after getting off tour for six weeks, I'm pretty tired, but I cannot wait to write these songs. Like, I'm just really, really excited about this project. It's getting me, it's getting me going. Nice. Um, so yeah, this is this is absolutely the focus for now, and I'm I'm really happy with the with our start, and hopefully we can just kind of build and and just keep building, keep, keep being able to our songs you know yeah thanks Tim yeah good luck man this is awesome this is Tim Noise from Handsome Ghost on the Be Brave Podcast that was awesome that was great Tim Noyes for sitting down with me and chatting for a while a couple of months back and best of luck out on the road this summer, Tim. The podcast is brought to you by the Greenpoint Racket Club. Our web developer is Nathan Haas and our designer, as always, is Christine Lorenzo. My name's David Tanklefsky. Till next time, be brave, everybody. Come, 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 come.